You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The offensive line, I said it before, give credit where it's due. I said it was Zach Taylor when everybody was hammering his play calling the last couple weeks. Then he comes out, feel like he calls a great game. Let's go O-line. What stands out for you when you look back on the game putting up 42? Uh, first play in my mind is the explosive spleen screen play. I was combining screen and play spleen, but um, so this is the first time they ran a screen play that went for an explosive game. They've had some okay ones. They've had some bad ones, but this is the first time that it's sprung open and that was Joe Mixon's longest catch of the year. The highlight of the play, other than Joe Mixon making guys miss after the play gets sprung and he's in the open field is Cordell Volson. He does an awesome job of stopping, letting his guy get upfield, shoots out, and he takes his guy and drives him to the sideline. That's what opens it up. Ted Karras gets just enough of his guy on the backside, and now he it's just mixing and room to run. And he does an awesome job at that, but it doesn't happen without that block from Cordell Volson. The next play I could think of is Lalo Collins pooling and destroying somebody i i just have to think the corner is just rethinking you know life <laughs> in that moment because he's getting blocked by a wide receiver and then law collins pulls around this is like vintage law collins like he was in dallas pulls around to lead on this toss play and he just explodes into the corner and thunderous pancake and he stays on his feet and he goes downfield he blocks somebody else um almost uh, you really wish you would have got that second pancake so you could get the, the two pancakes in one play, the real rare occurrence. It happens once in a while, but he only gets the one, but it was a thunderous one that was almost worth like one and a half. So awesome play from him. And then my favorite play it was in the run game from this offensive line was GT counter. GT counter is a guard and a tackle are going to pull, and then everybody else is going to kind of gap power block. So you get a back block from Ted Karras. He does a good enough job on the nose tackle that nose tackle can't make a play. The combo, the double team from Alex Kappa and Law Collins is so good. They drive this defensive tackle six, seven yards down the field and into the backside linebacker. Nobody comes off the block to take the backside linebacker. The defensive tackle makes that block because he's just so far downfield. The linebacker can't get through. So that opens the play up. They pull Ted, uh, Ted, they pull Cordell Volson to kick out on this counterplay. You have a kick out block and a wrap block as your pools. So he 
kicks out the guy. He doesn't get a ton of movement or anything. Doesn't need to because the double team from Captain Collins was so awesome and had so much displacement on it that all you have to do is just seal the guy. And he does a good job at that. He gets his head on the right side. He gets his butt on the right side and he just seals him off. So that makes it somewhere to run. And then the last thing you need is what Jonah Williams does where he pulls around and he goes up to the second level and he just blocks the first linebacker that shows up. So he takes him you got a seal there. You got a seal from Volson. You got an alley to run because Kappa and Collins just took a guy seven yards downfield and blocked a linebacker two in the process. And Joe Mix is just gone. And Joe Mix makes another guy miss in the open field. But we've talked so much about it was an awesome Joe Mixon game. It was an awesome Joe Mixon game. It wasn't just like, you know, we're just playing lip service and he had a bunch of great blocks. He made all these guys miss. So he makes a guy miss in the open field, gets another sort of 20 yards or something, 15 yards. And just awesome play all around. I, I got so excited seeing that on the film because they haven't run GT counter at all this year. This is their first play they, they ran it. They've run GY counter, which is a tight end as that wrap block. But this time they used Jonah Williams, and Williams does a better job than the tight end at that. So I got real excited about that being a possibility in the future. Only issue is uh, they kind of play it as if it's a read. I, there's no read on that play. Joe Joe Burrow is not keeping that, I don't think. I mean, I'd be surprised, uh, but I don't think Joe Burrow is going to keep that even if the end crashes. So they need to find a way to hold that guy um, without it being a read because eventually teams will be like, oh, those guys both pull. I'm just going to tackle a running back there. <laughs> Burrow's not keeping that. So they need to find a way to keep it honest, whether it's an RPO or um, a jet motion or something going back that way. But uh, I just – I was hooting and hollering when I saw that play on the film because I thought I saw it on the broadcast, but I didn't want to say anything. So like, it's so hard to tell run plays apart on broadcast. But then I got to it. I was like, yes, it was what I thought it was. You could have said it and people would just believe you. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's what I do every time you tweet something. I just retweet it. I'm like, yeah, look at that play. He called that. Uh, but, but I want to go back to the offensive line in just a moment. But you you bring up Joe Mixon. He was on the Richard Sherman podcast, which I felt like was a great interview. Highly recommend checking out the volume. Joe Burrow does one with Colin Calvert on the same platform. And it was just really good. Him talking about Joe Burrow. He talked a little bit about the AFC championship game, but also just him this past weekend. Um, one of the things, and and you can criticize me too, because I talked about it on the last podcast is definitely owed Joe Mixon an apology after the way he came out this past week. He said, Brian Callahan came into the meetings on Saturday and he was just fired up. He's like, I don't know if it was because his daughter, she's young, she was sick or tired. I, I don't know, but he was fired up. And I was like, heck, hell yeah, coach. I'm with you. Let's go, bro. And I, I don't, Again, we, we, we like to criticize coaching. We like to criticize play calling and all of that. But but when a player like Joe Mixon, obviously he says he's not paying attention to the social media stuff, but it's out there. Someone's going to tell you in your friend group or even some of the players on the team, you know people are saying that about you when you're not Joe Mixon to start the season. And, you know, he has a career franchise day. He credits what, what he hears from Callahan and, and just the team overall, what they have on offense, their offensive line. And I, I think I, I said Ted Karras did the Gronk spike. It, it was Cordell Volson, and I apologize for that because it was really well done, and he actually has it on his Instagram. But but overall, when you think of Joe Mixon, you went back and watched the tape. We, we've talked about Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, who I feel all called the plays. They all come together and, and get the best play out. It, is this something that 
it's going to be really hard to top five touchdowns again in, in his career. But is this something that it's like Joe Mixon is healthy, he looks good, they can continue just half of this with their run game? Because you do that, you balance out this offense. Even if you get Jamar Chase back in a couple games, you are going to be unstoppable. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What else do you credit Joe Mixon's day to? Um, like I mentioned, the wide receiver blocking, that, that's a big part of it. I, I think the, the way the Panthers play defense gave them some advantage and they knew how to attack it because they like to get upfield. They like to send those ends up the field to rush the quarterback and they attack them with these toss plays and different things that, you know, that, that toss, the toss player usually requires a tight end or a wide receiver to make that block on that end. And the, the Bengals have been hammered online for that's uh, malpractice to ask a wide receiver to block an end. Every team does it. It's just when they're playing slow and they see that block coming, it doesn't go well. That, that's what Odafe Owe did to Stanley Morgan is he saw it coming and now you're screwed. But when they don't see it coming, all you have to do is really just get in their way and it does enough, especially when they're trying to get up field like that. So I think they saw something on film to attack. Maybe that's what Brian Callen was so excited about. He was like, ooh, we finally get one of these teams that likes to play fast. So let's take advantage of that and have them run the wrong way. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if Mix will be able to top this game, but I do think that this isn't an anomaly. I think this is something that – I don't know if it's sustainable to do this, to have seven yards per carry even on lower efficient on lower volume – but I do think that this is something – because he's averaged over five yards a carry twice this year, and it was in the recent games when I've been hammering about this schematic change. They ran a couple – a couple. I think GT counter was the only new play they ran in this game. They only ran it once. So they ran that new play. But other than that, it's a place they, they've been running since that schematic change. And um, – I think that's the big difference is that they have become so effective at running from the gun that they used to have this issue where they had an under center offense, they had a gun offense and the under center offense wasn't up to snuff and the gun offense was good, but they couldn't run the ball. Now they can run the ball from there. They really don't have a need for the under center stuff, even though they still get to it. You don't know what's coming based off formation anymore. So I think that the offense is going to hit more of a groove, a stride. And like I've also said, Joe Mixon looks healthy. He didn't look healthy for a while there. Now that he looks healthy, they've got a good system for these offensive linemen, and it marries with their pass game really well. I think this offense is going to start hitting its stride at the perfect time because they need to with the opponents coming up. If you're Zach Taylor, this guy has five touchdowns in the game. You know the record is six. Is it hard for you to keep him on the sidelines and not put him in to try to get one more? Yes, and uh, I think Taylor thought that too because he went back out there when uh, the guys were pulled. He ran two plays, and then I think Taylor went, what am I doing? (laughs) 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 He pulled him out of there. But I think think if they ended up around the five-yard line, Nixon would have gone back out. But they weren't going to run him from 60 yards away. 
and try to, you know, just run him down the field. They, they didn't care about him getting 200 yards. They cared about him getting the record, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be if they worked the ball down the field, which they got the field goal range. They couldn't get close enough to get to the red zone or inside the uh, even closer down there. So they, they didn't give them the shot on offense. The backup offense couldn't do it. But I do think if they got down there, they would have given them the chance. I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah, 100% I'm putting them in, but I agree with you. The thing is when I, I, again, I need to do better just watching the game versus looking on Twitter, what's going on. But everyone's like, oh, Brandon Allen's going on. I'm like, no way. It's the third quarter. Why in the world? Give us a little more Joe Burrow because I was selfish and I wanted another touchdown. It was too much fun. Um, I wanted them to get in the 50s, which I think they could have if, if Joe plays, you know, in the beginning of the fourth, which is Zach Taylor made a great decision. I have no problem at all with taking Joe Burrow out. When you have Brandon Allen out there, you can continue to keep running the ball with some of your backups and they did a fine job. Uh, so there was no no problem with that decision. I do want to hit a little bit on Cordell Volson, um, you know, getting some love out there a little nationally being the rookie guard that he is. And, uh, you know, we've talked about him here and there on the podcast. I think a lot of people questioned the pick when they did draft him like, Oh, okay, well, I need to read a little more about him. And and if, is he going to start right away? And, and then when they made that decision right before the season started, that Cordell would be their starting guard. We know what guard play has looked like in Cincinnati for six, seven years now. When you watch him play, does he bring any comparison from when guard play was good with this offensive line? Yeah, I think so. I, I, he's not, I don't think he's like a Bobby Williams or a Kevin Zeitler or somebody like that, but I do think he has the potential to be like a Clint Bowling type. I, I don't think he's there yet, but he, he still has a little bit of rookie inconsistency. He's so much better than I thought he would be because I went back and watched him after the draft pick and I went, Ooh, I don't think this guy can start yet. Cause he's got, you know, he doesn't do a good job. They didn't ask him to pass protect much. And it looked like they didn't ask him to pass protect much. I was like, well, if you're gonna play for the Bengals, you gotta be able to pass protect because main goal is to keep nine upright. Um, but Jackson Carmen doesn't improve. Cordo Wilson does improve. I think that is a feather in the cap of Frank Pollock to get a late fourth rounder that from an FCS school that didn't look like he did much pass protection at all to come in and be solid or at least, you know, adequate on the offensive line. He had a good game. This is one of his uh, best games. So I think that he could be a Clint Bowling type and that that is you need those. I don't, I don't fully believe in the, you just need no donkeys. You just, you know, we just need an all okay offensive lineman. To me, I think you want a guy that you can rely on, whether the defense is getting all these crazy fronts, uh, you know, it, it, on a chalkboard, you're going to do this protection, but then you've got that guy, you've got that Laramie Tunsil, Law Collins when he's fully healthy, if he can get there, that you just go, I don't care. I'm going to block, I'm going to block it this way. I'm going to slide all the help away from Law Collins and give help over there <laughs> because I can. And um, or in the run game where you just go, we're going to keep running it behind that guy. Like a Trent Williams, you know, we're just going to keep running it behind Trent. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think they have that right now. Maybe Collins can get healthy and be something close to that. But and, and he was in the run game this game. I will say, I think that in the run game, he was that guy that you just oh, we're gonna keep running behind Collins. So a long way to say, I think he, he looks like he's going to be a solid starting offensive lineman and he's looked like a good rookie. 
Yeah, and I think it's okay for this team who has struggled drafting offensive linemen to just take the L on Jackson Carmen. I mean, he's getting healthy scratches in games. He's not even the backup on this team. He's a part of the roster because they don't want it to impact anything right now, and I'm sure they'll cut ties at the end of the season and just move on from Jackson Carmen. The writing's on the wall, and that's totally fine. If you get this guy in the draft and he ends up working out, everybody forgets about a pick that you missed on because they've been able to hit on a lot of their draft picks over the last couple of years. And, you know, just credit to the front office there. There's one more person I want to hit on the offensive line, but we are running late in this segment. We're going to get to it next on it's always game day in Cincinnati.